Hello, it's finally here. We are at season six. It's <laughs> How did been, we make it this far? I don't eh? know. I, I don't know. And season five was so long ago. That was just ridiculous. I haven't even looked. I think it might have been June or, or May when we finished because we did did four lucky dips and then I've done five what ifs with Joe. Um, and it's lovely to have you back. It's it's lovely. I know we live together, but it's lovely to see you, like podcast wise. <laughs> well, we have to book an appointment on the well, you know, but online no, just, to see each other, do we? No, it's just like old school. You know, we love our obviously we love our other presenters on this. We love Joe. We love you, Dom. We love you both, and anybody else that, that wants to come on is welcome. But you know what? It just feels like we've got back back to you and me, and this Aww. is quite nice. And I think you we're going to do join a few. me in the kitchen if you like. Well, I'd love to, but we wouldn't be able to do the video thing. No, well, you know. We might change that. I don't know. Because um, we're, we're building a new website and everything. It's going to look really funky. Um, but, yeah. Uh, season six. Sequels. We've got a lot to do. This might well, be a not lot. Not seagulls. Sequels. We could do... If you have a, a sequel film about seagulls, Well, it could be even a whole host of... Stephen Stephen Seagulls Stephen Seagull movies about seagulls. That's a sequel. <laughs> okay, maybe who knows? Um, I don't believe there is such a film. Um, no. uh, Under Siege Two. Maybe there's a sequel in that. If there is, you, you've hit our home run. There you go. There's a sequel. Yeah. Um, oh, not eighties. Never mind. Anyway, enough of that. Um, so the film <laughs> that I promised you from the start was always going to kick off season six was the reason I started the idea of a eighties forgotten eighties movie site. It's the th- it's the movie that I wrote a whole web page on, critiquing it and writing a lovely essay. And promptly promptly lost it. I, I haven't saved it anywhere, and I even built a website um, for it. And yeah. I, I just always wanted to do this film and it's taken five series. You've five always seasons. wanted to do this film. I've always wanted to do this film on the podcast. Oh yeah. Cause ever since I started, I was like, well, how are we going to do this? Oh, well, it's not a teen film. Um, it's not action in the sense <laughs> of I shoehorn this film in. I mean, where can I do? I mean, I could have put it in lucky dip, but I did want to do spinal tap. But anyway, without further ado, cause this will be the longest intro ever um, <laughs> before we get to it. Um, it's Jaws 3 and it's not it's Jaws 3 in 3D or depending on where you watched it which location Jaws 3D Um, I'll tell you all about the history of this uh, on the other side but pardon me it is a 1983 film starring uh, Dennis Quaid Bess Armstrong Simon McCorkadale Lou Gossett Jr Leah Thompson it's it's got a good roll call on this I think I think we're going to have a bit of fun on that. It's probably um, the only best bit about it. Ooh, okay. Ooh. I know this is, I, do you know what? I think it's going to be brutal. But do you know what? I'll see you on the other side. Play the trailer. With the first, you were too terrified to go back in the water. Just when you were starting to think it was safe, along came the second. Nature's most terrifying creature has returned in an all-new adventure. 
Jaws 3. A new dimension in terror. On the surface, all is calm. It was a shark. The bite radius about a yard across. Indicator. A shark of some 35 feet in length. trailer does does exactly what it says on the tin there's loads of different trailers the one that i saw wasn't that one it was like one you know did schedule witness two you know you thought you'd never go back in the water and three it's the third dimension in terror that was the tagline to this film was it the third dimension in terror because well yeah because it's about killer shark in a in a loose in a in an amusement park in a lagoon well in an amusement park in sea world yeah yeah it's not it's not filled with terror though that is it well it's no if you had someone walking around with a chainsaw that would be terrifying what so a killer shark gonna eat people in in the in a lagoon is not terrifying enough well you want the shark to have a chainsaw (laughs) i mean fins i mean (laughs) i'm dying to get to your score um I, I will. I, do you know what? I am dying to get to your score, and the reason why is because I have a, a, such a, a lovely story to tell that I don't want the lovely story to end with. And now here's Amanda with her score. <laughs> all, all I need to know is: Are we going lower than Spinal Tap? No. Oh, good lord! For a moment there, I thought I thought that we actually were. Is this the, uh, how low can you go? Base. Um, okay. Well, let, go for it. What? what <laughs> Score and what did you think? Right, okay. I gave it a four. Oh, that's high. That's that's higher than I thought. Joe, I've lost the bet, mate. Okay, all right. There was some kind of storyline to it, and it kind of, you know, kept my um attention. That's the one. Kept my attention. Sorry, I'm I'm very is tired. Ir- is that irony? <laughs> it <laughs> kept on. my attention. Um, uh, but some of the acting was just horrendous. Uh, well, before we go, in, uh, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised you gave it a four. I, I've, I've got to admit, I did think we we might be going in the one territory. No, but I wouldn't okay. be that mean. Well, I don't know because the, you. Well, you watched it in two D. I watched it. In I watched it in three D. You watched it three D because. 
all the, all, with all the all the will in the world, um, we've got a, a 3D Sony TV, haven't we? That have, we have got like time, the yeah. um the glasses, but they they run on batteries, the glasses. So we we had to go and get new batteries for the glasses. Turfed Amy out of her room because she's got the 3D telly. Yes, and uh, like we made ourselves comfortable. And then I suddenly remembered, oh, it's been so long, I'd completely forgotten that watching the 3D movies with these glasses actually makes me feel physically sick. Because <laughs> <laughs> of the flickering. Oh, God, That's it was slight flickering. It's slight flickering. Well, we, we we fell out, really, didn't we? So uh, We did. Delayed a little bit. So um, I suggested, well, I'll, I'll watch it like on normal telly and you can watch the 3D bit because like, mm. you can then talk about the 3D stuff and see if it would actually enhance the movie in any way. And I'll watch it in 2D and uh, give my opinion on 2D. So that's it, really. Okay. Well, uh, it was better in 3D. I mean, it was. <laughs> Because that's how it's meant to be seen. Um, it looked really I'm not good. sure, though, because I saw, like, what was supposed to be the special effects, and they, it's not really that. Well, it doesn't translate to, to the, the whole point. If you're watching Jaws 3 and it's you're on ITV4 or if it's on TV or something like that, and you flick it over, if it's shown in the 2D version, is it's because of the way that they filmed it, which we'll get into later, that because they have to make it 2D, it, they they take all the shine and the special and the special thing and it just looks pants basically. It looks well. To be looks, perfectly the, honest, the I don't awful. know. I don't think it would have enhanced the score even if I'd watched it in three D. Well, it did. It did because it looked sharper no. and, and things that were coming in and out were coming in and out rather than static things. We'll get to the glass bit at the end. We'll get to that. We'll get to all of that, right? But I mean, so here's my story. I saw Jaws when I was ten. Um, so a year before seeing this, and then after that, I was pretty much allowed to go to the cinema. So for three years, every Saturday before I left um, St. Helens, where I lived, uh, we just went and watched anything that, that was on. And because Jaws is my favourite film of all time, all time, the, the fact that I could go and see Jaws 3 in 3D at the cinema, unaccompanied, you know, just my mates around me, was a really what, big thing. What certificate was it when it was released here? Uh, I was tall, so I think I got in. We were quite tall, our group of friends, anyway. Would it not have been a PG? Uh, probably. There's there's not a lot of... There's it's not, not a lot, lot of gore in it. Well, there's the bodies and things like that, and, mm. you know, fake as they might look. It's still a bit... It, it can still, still be a bit gruesome. Um, But, yeah, I'm just looking at the, uh, the box that I've got. I'll show you that in a moment. So, I loved it. The um, the Jaws glasses came with the with the Jaws as the bridge, and you can go and look them up online. You can see what they looked like back in 1983. I was just in my element. This was, it, in on reflection, I can see that this isn't it, this isn't the great film that I thought it was at the time. Do you think it's another one of those um, Leviathan moments? No, 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 no. It's it's nothing. It's nothing like that. I do have, I still, and I've seen this many, many times, including in glorious or non-glorious 2D. Um, but it's, I just, I, I, I genuinely love it in a kitsch way. I love it in for, for what it is. Mm. I can't, I can't, I'm not going to say it's the greatest film of all time. It certainly isn't. Is it the best Jaws film? No. Is it the worst Jaws film? No. Because it's uh, two, th- sorry, four years later, they would make the 
quite awful, and I mean awful, uh, Jaws of Revenge with Michael Caine, um, uh, which has the best death scene in, but nothing else recommends that film. It is just a hot mess of strands that just don't come together at all. We will do Jaws of Revenge at some point, but not. Lovely. Uh, maybe it might you might duck that one out, and I might ask one of the other, or, or you could watch it for. Uh, I, I will I will watch it with you, and we'll just go. It it is. As well, Mark Co- I'll Como do you a deal. Say, I'll do you a deal then. Go on then. We let's watch two, and watch four because I've never seen either of them. Oh, two, two's 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 two is a a worthy sequel to one. It's worthy. So why, why haven't we done that then instead George of two. three? because well, I always wanted to do three. Oh, okay. This is why I said, as, sorry, I'll rewind, rewind to the start. This no, is why I, I set you. up the Forgotten 80s But if movies. it's a better film, surely we would have done... Yeah, but I've just, I wanted to watch it in 3D. And oh, I wanted to do the whole thing. And, and, and Well, it's everything. Oh, right, okay. well, here's here's the level of my... Here's the level. Right, okay. Sorry for you playing at home um, or listening, listening on a podcast, but this is a video thing that I'm going to show for a bit. So if you do want to see what I'm doing... Go over to YouTube and just go to this part and see it. Well, I, like I, will, that. I, I will describe. I will describe if I can. I searched everywhere to try and get a copy in 3D, um, and nowhere would have it. There was a a release on. Um, I think I've got it. It's coming up in trivia time. There was a single release in Japan of a 3D version of this film, mm-hmm. and I remember you saying that. Um, where you were saying that, and I, I do remember this. Channel Four showed it. Did you say that it was in Radio Times and, and they had the glasses in there? I don't know if it was Channel 4. It was in uh, the TV Times right. back in the 80s, I, I think, 80s, 90s, early And they 90s. showed it on TV and gave you the showed glasses. Showed it on telly and you got a free pair of glasses with your TV Times. Hmm. Which you could reuse to watch some of the other 3D films that came out that now, time. Now, people don't know what TV Times are. Oh, dear. It's like TV Guide. Not, I'm, I'm talking not in to the our UK. It used TV to be. Guide a tv guide that was published that had like stories and you know trivia and and sort of features about different things that was on the telly but it was um it was the only way you could find out what was on telly unless you had the newspaper every day wasn't it yeah or or you went to the the oracle the teletext stuff teletext sorry for all our listeners outside the uk and i'm sorry for the listeners (laughs) under 40 that won't have a clue what we're talking about. But do you know what? If you've got a demographic of, of people that are over 40, oh, yeah, yeah. Then, then that's this one's for you. Yeah, anyway, text. Right, oh. anyway, so I searched everywhere and I found on the internet, Jaws 3D, I, I ordered it and it said, we will give it to you in the 3D format. Right, and inside is a pair of glasses, a pair of 3D glasses and the film. I was made up when that came because I was just like, this is brilliant. I watched it while you were out because I knew you wouldn't like it. And there was only one pair of glasses. So um, you, you couldn't watch you it. You watched it on normal telly. We watched it on normal te- telly, but it's 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 tried to convert it to some sort of 3D. Now, what did happened? It, did it not go, oh, I don't know what this is. Oh. No, 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 no. Because it's not, it doesn't need a 3D player. It doesn't need a 3D TV, but it and it doesn't need the battery 3D glasses. Okay. So the re- release that I saw was when they re-released Jaws 1 to 4, mm-hmm. so to speak. I know they're not called cool 4, but, I mean, when they released them, the bonus was, oh, Jaws 3, we've we've converted it up to 
today's 3D. Um, so you can use it with your 3D TVs. And at that point, I just went, I was just sitting, waiting for the postman um, to come. I was just like, this is this is going to be incredible. So is that what, that's not what? That's not what this is. This, was, is. this was imported from the States. So oh. it, it took a long time to get here. And meanwhile, sorry for those uh, listeners at home, that is a, so I've got my Jaws, Jaws cards, uh, bubblegum cards, and they're 3D on the back. And so where did you get those? Off, off Tinternet. Are they, um, are they like real? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're real, and they come with they come with our own little three D glasses, <laughs> so you can see the back of the card. Um, Go on, put them on, put them on. I can't because they're still sealed in the in the thing. But the best bit is, and again, I'm really sorry for those listening, but you got to see it. There's there's scenes from the film that didn't happen. Jack coming to rescue Philip Fitzroy's didn't happen. The, the shark seemingly staring at the people in the tunnel, <laughs> like like some sort of fun fair. Yeah, just hold re- it there. Hold it there. Yeah. Shark. Yeah. Yeah. Back yeah. up a bit. Yeah. Got it. Right. Lovely. Right. Um, that, that bit, there seems to be a swimmer in there and a shark underneath. That shark looks more real than the thing that was in the film. That didn't happen. And then the shark. Oh, my God. That's awful, isn't it? It's. It looks like it's doing a teeth advert. Like for some toothpaste. Well, yes, it is. But the best bit is, is the description. So those what those listening on the podcast, it's fine now. Don't worry. We're not going to show you anything more. But the brief synopsis of Jaws 3, which is on this card, <laughs> is on. SeaWorld, part aquarium, part amusement park, opens with an astounding new exhibit, a captive killer shark. Unfortunately, the creature dies when it's transferred to a larger tank. And its parent, an even fiercer shark, invades SeaWorld. Tunnels are destroyed. Visitors are eaten alive before brave scientists manage to blow up the savage beast. Is that the film? That I don't remember that film. That sounds all right, actually. That sounds a lot better than, than what we actually got. But no, those are the official cards. Those are the official Jaws 3 cards, and that is the official synopsis. That I, I'll take that film. But anyway, so what should I? Um, I'm going to justify this. It's a six and a half. Oh, I thought we were going higher than that. Well, six and a half. When I watched it, I've watched it many times. But watching it, watching three D, it not only gave me a lot of um, nice, warm, fuzzy feelings of watching it in three D again, mm. but it also highlighted, wow, this film's a mess. It. it, it it's it's wonderful, and I will always watch it. It's one of those films. If it comes on TV, I'll watch it. But it's a mess, and I I can't give it. Maybe go to seven, but but that just let's leave it there, because Jaws, you know, Jaws two is better, mm. and Jaws is a ten. So let let's let it sit somewhere in there. And Jaws four is worse. So you know, the law of diminishing returns certainly is true when it comes to Jaws. So yeah. Do you know, I, I feel bad giving it six and a half. Seven then. Seven. <laughs> I think it's fair. But it's certainly no more than that because when I rewatched it, I, I'm actually writing, I'm actually getting mad writing things down on there going, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Um, so it, it gets, uh, so if you're giving it a seven, I've given mm. it a four. That's 11 yeah. out of 20 then. Okay. 
Well, we're going to have different scores because everyone's going to come on. There's going to be all four of us at some point, three of us. Yeah, yeah. but, you know. Okay. So, out of, so out of a two score, it's 11. Mm. Uh, probably where it needs to be. The um, Rotten Tomato scores um, for Jaws, uh, Jaws 3, um, is 11% <gasps> for the critics and 17% oh. for the audience. Um, however, I don't know what it is. I think, if our memory serves me correctly, when I looked at it, Jaws of Revenge is zero for the critics and 11% for the for the audience scores. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I Let's just watch can't, first. I just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I genuinely, no. Anyway, yeah. We, we, we may stray onto that because we'll talk about characters that, that aren't in this film that maybe should be in this film. Should we get to roll call? Should we go do roll call and then we can yeah. then we can take this thing apart or and and gaze at it lovingly in my case. Let's dissect case. it. Let's dissect we? it. Anyway, here's roll call. Roll call. So De- Dennis Quaid. Can we we can maybe switch it up a bit for season six? Did we did you we can we talk about the character? Did you like his character? <sighs> he's, he's Mike Brody, you know. He's yeah, been in he's all, all right. Mike, Mike's in all of the films. It's all right. Uh, Mike and Sean are in all of the films. Are they? Yeah. Because I, I was thinking about the film afterwards, and I was like, mm. there, there was, there was actually no purpose for his little brother turning up. Well, apart to to add the sort of it, loving, it had no purpose. The the love interest between him but, and mm, she was a water skier anyway, so she could have got bitten water skiing. There was no reason for him to be there. And it was really annoying because he kept referring to him as little brother. Uh, well, he is. He's always a little brother. Yeah, but why, why do you need to keep saying it in the film? Because he says it in the other films. Oh. He refers to him. Um, uh, Dennis Quaid um, has said of this film that a, he, in order to get through the film, he aggressively used cocaine. And then every frame, he, he was incredibly high. That couldn't he, have been good for diving. Uh, I don't think he did. Di- I don't think he did much diving. I don't think it was him. I think he went in the tank. Probably not in that frame, but yeah, they purpose built a tank to film some of the underwater scenes. Huh. Um, to, to my detriment, I love. I, I did genuinely love this film, and then fifteen years later, went to went to Sea World. And didn't put the two and two together. And there are there are little markers now and again saying this is the scene from Jaws three. This is the scene from Jaws three. This is the tank that the shark was kept in. This is this. And there's all these little nods everywhere to Jaws three. And I just didn't know. Um, and I still didn't know. I went back two years later and still didn't know. And went to SeaWorld again. And oh, well, you are go. such a muppet sometimes. I know, I know. And so when I go back, I probably won't. I probably would go to SeaWorld, but only for that. Obviously, SeaWorld hasn't got a good name now as it did. Back in the eighties, obviously because of the film site, was it Black? Is it Blackfish? I believe the name of the film. Yeah, wow, like that. It was. It, uh, it's more of a circus, isn't it, with animals than? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some anyway, kind of conservation thing. We, we will get to that. Dennis Quaid um, started <laughs> started his career. He was an extra at the graduation in Stripes. Apparently, you can freeze frame it and you can see Dennis Quaid <laughs> in Stripes. So. I, do you know what? Simply because for those people at home that can see my backdrop, Stripes is at the uh, top corner with the pop figures. 
I can't. If I get a chance to shoehorn Bill Murray or Stripes into this, absolute excellent. I do get a chance to uh, for a Howard the Duck moment, so I'm no. happy about that. Well, I do have one, so it's fine. Oh, you do? I do. Actress. Oh, I yeah. do. Uh, he was in The Right Stuff. Uh, he he then appeared with Lou Gossett Jr. in a film called Enemy Mine, in which the spacecrafts were shot down, uh, fierce enemies in a war, and they have to learn to adapt and get on. And Enemy Mine's quite a good film. But Lou Gossett Jr., you wouldn't know because he's, he's got alien makeup on, so you don't even know it's him. You wouldn't know. Um, of course, probably his breakout film was uh, Inner Space, which a lot of people fondly remember with him and Martin Short. Um, he played Jerry Lee Lewis in Great Balls of Fire. Um, he was in White Earp. He was Doc Holliday. Uh, weirdly, he was the Reverend in the Footloose remake, which I refused to watch. So I don't know if he's any good or not. I didn't know they did a remake. Yes. Why do you just like, why remake it? Exactly. So people are talking about they're actually actively trying to wrestle the control back from Back to the Future from the, the the people that own the Back to the Future rights because they desperately want to make Back to the Future again. Why? Leave it alone. <sighs> Unless you're making it with Eric Stoltz, of course. But anyway, doesn't matter. I don't know. Let's get off that. Um, and weirdly, his next one of his next films, he's playing Ronald Reagan. So yeah, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid's kind of like those. Yeah, it's all right. But I, I. I genuinely liked him in this. He just didn't have much of a. It doesn't do much. Doesn't he until the a end? Lot. He does smoke a lot. Smokes a hell of a lot. <laughs> so he's taking cocaine. He's smoking a lot. Well, he's getting through it anyway. Um, best arm. Best. If I can say it. Best Armstrong, who played Catherine, is his love interest and the marine biologist at the park, um, who obviously trained Sandy and Cindy, Cindy the dolphins. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, stuff. She didn't do anything else after this. She had perfect hair all through the film, though. Did you notice that? She did, yeah. She did. Uh, Simon McCorkendale. I love the character of Philip Fitzroy. Oh, God, sorry. He was a complete knob in this film. He's just great. He's confident. He knows what he's going to do. Oh, no. You've got the... Simon McCorkendale, for people of a certain age, will always be manimal. Manimal was just bizarre 80s, beautifully bizarre 80s TV. Where Did he make that after this? or uh, At the same time. Oh, God. Which is why he was popular. Um, and then for those people who watch Falcon Crest, of course, he was Greg Ridden. But, you know, for any of those people who watch Falcon Crest. Luke Gossett Jr. Tell me where you've seen him before, sweetheart. Sorry, which character is that? He's Calvin Bouchard, the guy that owned it. Oh. Uh, mm. Oh, it's one of our early podcasts. One of my favourites. Mm, no, don't know. He played Chappie Sinclair in Iron Eagle. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, got that now. Uh, yeah. He played Chappie Sinclair in Iron Eagle 1, 2, 3 and 4. Um. <laughs> for for being they they kill Doug Masters, Jason Gedrick's character, at the start of two. What are we talking but, about now, sorry? Iron Eagle. Oh. But in four, he's brought back miraculously. <laughs> and he didn't die, he was just shot down. No, 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 that plane vaporized. I mean, pretty much. Anyway, Iron Eagle Four. I need to go back. <laughs> I need to go back and watch that. Trust me, that will not be on the cards for the, for any sequels. 
I don't think I can get away with that. We've got Officer Gentleman. I found out he was um, Lucius Fox, so the character played by Morgan Freeman in the Christian Bale Batman films. Um, he plays Lucius Fox in a Batman TV series in 2007. That passed me by. At this point, Joe's listening to this and going, you didn't know there was a Batman series in 2000, 2007? No, I genuinely didn't. <laughs> um, I didn't even look up who played Batman. I mean, I'll do that afterwards. Uh, he was in um, Watchmen. Uh, uh, yeah, officer, as I say, officer and gentleman. Yeah, enemy mine. It's he's Luke Gossett Jr. You know, and for for my mind, because of this film and because of Iron Eagle, I've got a fond. Um, I like, I genuinely like his the way that he does stuff, mm. those performances. I mean, uh, didn't John- particularly take to the character though in this movie. No, but there are there are parallels between him and Mayor Vaughan in number one. And, and they're not meant to be. I mean, you're not meant to join the dots and go, oh, he's just acting like that. But there are things that he does, which is never never mind public safety and never mind all of that. Just, just you know, just, you know, it's all about dollars. It's all about moving yeah, the Yeah, all of his and, decisions were the wrong decisions. Yeah, they were. The, they were. Considering he had a, you know, a background in, in running amusement parks because they say at one point this is the biggest opening out of all of your amusement parks um you're kind of like oh right okay um obviously got this one wrong um john putch so sean Brody, not a lot uh but he was in the sure thing i can't remember him in the sure thing uh he was in men at work joe i managed to get a Emilio westerves and charlie sheen reference in there Yes, go watch Men at Work. It's that bad. Um, and he was a journalist in Star Trek Generations. And the only journalists I remember in Star Trek Generations are the one where Cameron, Alan Ruck, Cameron from Ferris Bueller, is taking the ship out at the start of Generations. So he must be one of the journalists that put a microphone into his face. And I'm like, what? And then I noticed, what's John Putsch doing these days? And he's making a documentary about his Star Trek memories. And I'm like, you were you played a journalist that was on screen for probably about seven to eight seconds in Generations, and you're making a documentary about it. And I think, I don't know if that's madness or if that's pure genius, and I want to see it. Or you've got your facts wrong. No, no, it's true. I looked at, I looked that, looked that one up. He, he's making a documentary about Star Trek Generations. Hi, I'm John Putch. I played a reporter. It's, it's, yeah. And you basically, you can only show the same seven seconds on a loop. Um, anyway, uh, Leah Thompson. Oh, yes. The lovely Leah Thompson. Um, Red Dawn. Back to the Future. Some kind of wonderful. Howard the Duck. Um, Caroline in the City. Great, great sitcom. Really good. Uh, but then she's been in things that I haven't seen which are, she's been in a lot of Jane Doe movies. I don't know what they are, but she's done loads of them. Um, so obviously to my, my American friends that are big Jane Doe fans, I do apologise, but yeah. Um, and again, a massive series called Switched at Birth. Nope, haven't watched it. And she's she's uh, in the new series of Picard, uh, which I refuse to watch because I'm a Star Trek fan, so I won't be watching it um, in the same way that I don't watch Star Trek Discovery because it's awful. Um, <laughs> just before we get to final two, P.H. Moriarty. 
Hatchet Harry in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Mm. And also Razors in The Long Good Friday, which we covered. Mm-hmm. So you're like... He's not very good, is he? He's... Don't give him a speaking part. No, he's good in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. What? Wasn't in, in this at all. He was, he was good in Long Good Friday. In this one, he just goes... He just we didn't do a lot in cliches. Long Good Friday, did he? Didn't talk a lot. It's all right. The governor, this is how we earn our bread. I mean, that's that's the kind of caricature he's reduced to in this, mm. which is the Cockney. He's the only one that probably shows genuine emotion when um, Philip Fitzroyce gets swallowed. It's probably because he's out of a job. Well, yeah, but his genuine emotion is obviously, you know, suddenly I'm like, wait a minute, suddenly somebody's trying acting. It's just, uh, <laughs> This might be a bit late in the day, but I'm, I'm happy to see a bit of genuine emotion. But Dan Blasco, you ready for this? This won't mean anything. And Liz Morris played the two trainers either side, Bess Armstrong. Mm. So when he comes in on his like jet ski, he goes, hi, Dan. Right. They play Dan and Liz in this film. And their only acting credits are this film. They haven't done anything else. They haven't appeared in TV or any other film. Mm. And I thought if I had more time, I need to investigate. Did they win something? Were they I mean, part workers, do you think? Well, I don't know. I mean, because if you're an actor, presumably you go, well, I haven't had many roles. You haven't had one role and then you go, that's it, I'm hanging it up. I mean, it wasn't that bad that you thought, I, I never want to be acting again. Not that Dan did act because he was wooden as a board, which <laughs> makes me think that he was somebody's brother's, you know, cousin's best mate or something that just went, oh, I'll do it. I'm tall and I, I can wear a polo shirt. He's SeaWorld workers did they film it at sea world they did which is why i said i wanted to go to sea world to see where they filmed it yeah yeah anyway um mm. onto the onto the onto the story we have got a few things i mean it's, it's i'd say the 3d was great for 1983 in the cinema and obviously because they've converted it up to new 3d it, it's pretty good but i do like the thing in the credits where it goes suggested by the novel peter benchley by, by Peter Benchley, <laughs> suggested that the only one suggested no. this. This film was going to start out as something different. It was actually going to be Jaws. It was going to be called Jaws Three People Nil. That was the title of the film. And basically, they were going to get the people that wrote the National Lampoons, like Vacation, to write it. Um, John Hughes had already um, worked on the script. The first scene was going to show Peter Benchley, the author of Jaws, in his luxury pool in L.A., go into the pool and get eaten by a shark. In a pool? In a pool. And it was going to have Bo Derrick in it, and it was basically going to send up the whole shark thing and and basically send it up and go, do you know what? We're just going to make a funny shark film. It's going to be a bit crazy. It's going to be a bit like this, a bit of Animal House, a bit of this, and, you know, and make a film like that. It didn't happen. Uh, thankfully, Hmm. Um, because we do have this. And as I say, there is a good, there is a good film waiting to be made using this as a foundation, but this is not, this is not a good film, but it's a very enjoyable film. If I can say that it's not. Yeah. Can you say that? I enjoy it. I love it. I'd watch it again now. Well, you do though, don't you? Uh... Yeah, I do. I do. I don't, I don't think I'd watch it again. I don't know. I don't think you would. 
but you may actually turn around when we watch Jaws of Revenge and, and physically hit me at the end and go, why did you, why did I, why did I spend an hour and a half doing that? Look, it's not, it's not, like I told you the Rotten Tomato score, so, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did like the woman doing this. So if we go back to the start of the film, we start to see the setup, the exposition of what's going to happen. The shark makes it in because it follows the water skiers back into the, back into the lagoon. Yes. Yeah. Um, I did like the woman doing the briefing, by the way. To the to all the people that were working there, where she goes keep keep the uh, keep the shorts keep the shorts low or keep the shorts down to your, down to your knees or whatever. What she say? Show any cheek, you'll be back shoveling French fries. And she gives that like smile, and I'm like going, she'd be a pretty good boss, I think. I think I'd enjoy working there, but then I don't look good in shorts. I did look good in shorts. Well, let's not go back into me looking good in shorts when I was eleven. But anyway. Um, but I do think the the setup here is the smarminess of Lou Gossett Jr. is setting himself up like Mayor Vaughan. He's going, you know, he's always talking about free drinks. I mean, he's got free drinks on the brain because he's going to the press that are there. Free drinks, yeah, yeah let's go for drinks. Yeah, they're free. And he does that thing. And then when Philip Fitzroy, he comes, you know, we used it. We used that soundbite in our credits in season one. For any other questions, Bar, if you please. And then he walks his off to the bar. And you're like, everyone's obsessed with smoking and drinking in this film. Um, but yeah. What did you what did you think? Is like nobody sees the fin coming in. That's what I don't understand. There's about seven of them standing by the gate, and nobody sees the fin approaching the, the gate. It's a bit weird to start with. Yeah. You think it, it kind of makes you think with all the music that something's going to happen right at the start of the film, yeah. but it doesn't at all. Yeah. And you have to wait for ages before. You do. It's, it's, it's a film actually... with some remarkably few shark attacks. Yeah. Well, yeah. So. Poor so fish yeah, gets they, in at the start. Yeah. They, they, the shark comes in, doesn't it? And uh, the doors get jammed. That's right. So someone has to go down and sort the doors out. Yeah. Um, so when he goes down there, that's when the attack happens, isn't it? That's Shelley Overman, his name yeah. was, yeah. yeah. But it's got horrendous, I've even written horrendous effects, red blood, a cracked mask and a floating arm. That cracked mask is a homage to, I know this is going to sound weird, to Lawrence of Arabia. What? Where where Lawrence's thing gets, gets tangled on. and So the director, Joe Alves, by the way, it's worth mentioning, the director, he only directed this film. He'd never done it before. He never did it afterwards. But Joe Alves was the production, if I got this right, production designer on Jaws and Jaws 2. So they felt that it was in safe hands with him directing this one. Hmm. But that, but that that scene where the, the mask gets on there is... is supposed So to you be. don't actually see anything. It's just red blood in the yeah. water, a cracked and mask, then, and, and, a, a and a floating a arm. severed limb floating around. Which looked good in three, which looks bad, and it even looks bad in the updated three D. But it, at least it comes out at you. At least okay. it's like right, right, right in your face. Okay, and then it it cuts to like some odd game of balance in the bar with the yeah because that, that's well because then you've got Phillips Fitzroyce arriving uh, as Sean Sean Mike seeing Sean, and then they go to the but Sean apparently is a cowboy. When you see Jaws two, 
Sean's Sean's a little little lad. Obviously, I, there's supposed to be a lot of time that's passed between them oh, and okay. because they're all grown up. Um, but yeah, Sean's a cowboy all of a sudden. I didn't see that coming. There uh, was some uh, drink driving going on as well. There was a lot. There, there was a lot of potential drink driving. I think. And didn't they leave the car? No. No, so they drove to that. They drove to the the um. To have some nookie, didn't they? As they say. Can yeah. you say that? Can you say nookie? Nookie, yeah. Nookie. <laughs> um, <I> put canoodle. <laughs> Can, oh crikey! Should we go? How far are we going back on this? Uh, well, I would say that their courting period was quite quick. It was very. They were very literally, necessary. literally. This all all must have happened in a couple of hours. Yeah. She's like falling in love with him. And whilst, well, I'd say it's more or less beer goggles, um, the, whilst that's all going on at night, there's a, a couple of coral poachers, isn't there? That's right, yeah. Um, and, like, it's just bizarre because, like, supposedly the shark eats the diver and, like, there's another guy on the boat who's got, it's got the, the diver strip, attached right. to a rope. Yeah. And because he gets eaten, the rope gets yanked and he goes in as well and he gets uh, snaffled up, doesn't he? That's but right, there's nothing, yeah, yeah. there's nothing, there's, no, there's nothing left. So all that's left is like a... How does the shark eat the boat? It doesn't make oh, any God, sense. Oh, God, that's that's hilarious. It's almost like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't even be bothered to talk about it. It's just hilarious. It's just mental. Like the the rope on the thing and it punctures and then it just goes under the water and uh, it's dreadful but there is this has been mixed so you've got the coral stealers being mixed into the sean um i've forgotten leah thompson's character's name kelly kelly sean and kelly and then you've got Catherine and mike find the car obviously you're right then so the drink driving and they pretend to you know but this is the bit i don't get <laughs> She's walking along, and Mike and Catherine are walking along, and she went, yeah, he doesn't, um, Sean doesn't like the water. And she goes, why not? <laughs> oh, remember that shark attack thing I told you about? And it obviously feels like a like a throwaway line. No. I mean, I'm not going to spoil it for you in Jaws, in Jaws 2. Do you remember that time that Sean came within millimetres of getting getting obviously it's not a spoiler alert he survived but it came within millimeters of that do you remember the thing that horrendously you know all they talk about and all the therapy that he had and all of the effect that it had and he can't even have a bath without worrying and all this sort of stuff and it's just casually put in and oh yeah you remember that shark attack thing yeah that's why it doesn't, <laughs> that's why it doesn't go in the water but he's in there but he's in there because in the he dark fa- he fancies I a bit go of in the water a, in the dark a bit of how's your father Oof. um so yeah I love that. Anyway, Mike's but then moved. nothing happens to him because he because the sharks obviously had the couple of poachers, so he's had like starters and, and they're all course. in. They're all in the the, yeah. the, the lagoon. Oh, so that's it then. Hmm. So we find out Mike's moving to Venezuela. Um, uh, I loved the scene after that where you see Sean Brody is sitting at the dinner table with a massive ha- breakfast table with a massive hangover mm. and. For all of you dog lovers out there, you have Mike Brody holding up the dog's ears while it's drinking the milk, while it's drinking the water. That's that's kind of cool. I did like that. <laughs> I, I always remember that. Lifting I'm lifting the dog ears. Um 
so yeah you know it's Mike, Mike says even that conversation around there Mike says to Sean well it was you that messed me up <laughs> right now again I don't want to go into the plot of Jaws 2 because you haven't seen it but that's patently not true when you watch Jaws 2 you realise Sean did it to himself I know he was only 7 but he did it to himself so th- that's unfair I think we'll have to put it in there Made some notes and uh, <laughs> just basically uh, crap underwater effects worse than Thunderbirds. I think oh. they go in that submersible oh, diving that's a, thing, don't well, they? Well, they go into the submersible film to look for the missing guys had severed limbs, Shelley Overman. So they go into the submersible just to look for a dead body. And they go, we need to go and search around the lagoon. And I'm kind of like, aren't you letting visitors preview visitors into the park uh, and you're not worried that this body's going to show up you know somewhere i mean I, I get the bit why they have the the submersible um i do like the bit i mean that is very very bad special effects where calvin's in the control the control room right and you see the submersible coming across <laughs> and it looks like i've drawn it it's looking like i've drawn it and i'm pulling it along with a piece of string and, I, and i'm blurring it just for good effect just to make up for me not being very good um but I do like the fact the fact of the um, uh, the, the the filtration pump. Suddenly they go past that and go, oh, what's what's that? Oh, it's a big massive filtration pump. There's two of them. Oh, what does it do? Oh, it just brings in loads of water through it all the time. Ah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, let's not look the there then. Yeah. It's a bit like Jaws, where you have the. So in Jaws 1, I'm not going to spoil it for you in Jaws 2, but the bit in Jaws 1 is the tank. If you mess around with those, Martin, they're going to blow you sky high, you know. And, okay, good. You're going to need that for later in the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, weirdly enough, they don't do it in Jaws of Revenge because the way that the shark dies in Jaws of Revenge makes no sense whatsoever. But um, you will get to that at some point. So they're down uh, with this submersible thing. Yeah. And then they Oh, and I heard you laughing. I think I, I think they could hear you laughing from space. So you take this one, sweetheart, because... Oh, no, 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 what happens? But they're the, looking around the galleon, and let's go from there. Well, well, I can't remember it bit by bit, because it's been a week since I've seen it, but I've written down dolphins warn of shark. Yeah. Well, they're warned of something, but obviously and then there's it's going to be the shark, isn't it? There's a clunky, really cl- <laughs> clunky shark attack. It's it's it, the shark goes the shark goes in with its with its belly up and a side thing and it just looks it doesn't even open its mouth it's not even animated it just looks like a, a fixed <laughs> head that somebody's jammed into the side of the galleon that then breaks breaks a bit off the galleon and you're like it's couldn't you stretch to something a little bit better with this I mean it's not even in it's not even in proportion no because if you look at that. They then cut to, uh, they do this old trick. They cut to um, actual shark footage and make it look like, oh, yeah. that's a shark that can move like that. By the way, the, the shark's movements and how quick it can go differ. It, 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 the speeds on the shark in the film are just horrendous. <laughs> but, I mean, we, we will get to that. So they're saying it's a great white and it's 10 feet long. That's right, yeah. Yes. And and I just, again I do I like the way that the transition from below where they're, they're holding on to the dolphins and the dolphins are are saving them and they get to the top and then 
the iconic Jaws music kicks in. And I've got to admit, I have little butterflies and I'm like, oh, I love that. The fact that, you know, the shark in proportion, if they'd stopped once, even for a second, would have just caught them. But no, obviously the dolphin misses them and the they dolphin was, though. They weren't the dolphins weren't swimming that fast, were they? No. That's like, good. The, shark, get... the shark would have had them. Yeah. Well, they have so that they're, they're in the lagoon, obviously. And then they shut the gates and capture the shark. But it takes them ages to get out. That shark would have just pulled them, pulled one of them straight under, if not both straight under. So, yeah. Um, so, um, so we've got this bit. So I do like that music. I've got an auditor alert moment. Did you get it? Oh, I'll. I'll... Probably gave up at Calvin, that point. All right. See, <laughs> see I suppose he gave it a fall. Calvin sat in the undersea restaurant with um, PH Moriarty um, and. Oh, the fact that, that he just tells and them. And he tells them, out. and he goes, No, no, no. He says, he says, Right. Yeah, you've got to come with me. Right. These two people to you at the moment is a bit like if I met John Cusack. Or something like that. And I was like a rich person and I got John Cusack to come and cut a ribbon, you know, for my 80s theme park that I created or something like that, right? <laughs> what makes me think I can hang out with John Cusack in that way? I, I probably would have a very cordial, cordial dinner with him. He'd be very polite. I'd say, oh my God, sure thing, one crazy summer, say anything, love it. And mutually we would have parted. They act like their best mates. And then at this point they're going, oh, I've got a real problem with the park. Is there any chance you want to come and see, what, see what's going on? <laughs> Let me into my like, understanding. Hmm. Imagine if I said, "Yeah, the, to- the toilets are the toilets are backed up." John, do you want to come and do you want to come and see? Do you want to come and join me to see if anything's uh, <laughs> bring a bring a mop? Um, but yeah, so they have this crazy idea that because the shark is now loose in the lagoon, they need to capture it. Um, in order to film the killing of it. Well, that was the first bit. Mm. And then Catherine Bess Armstrong decides to convince Calvin that it'd be better if they tranquilize it and then nurse it to health and have a shark in captivity yeah, and regular bulletins every day. Because the guy wants to just basically kill it with some explosives. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, hang on a minute. No, no, no. You can't use explosives because of the big structure that we've just built that's cost $34 million to build. <laughs> oh, and at this point we go, mm. yeah, these, these explosives will will um grenade it into oblivion honk <laughs> honk big massive neon sign should be going up here going yeah just just in case you're wondering i and mean the boss guy has doesn't even inter- interject with that does he it's it's the uh, it's no. the, um the trainer lady it's, yeah, she saying, goes. no no explosives but you can't kill it oh she does from that. a humane point of view not not from surely if you were the park owner somebody said yeah, let's just, you know, <laughs> get some explosives out. It'd be, you'd be like, what are you doing what? <laughs> yeah, you know, my finely tuned theme park. That's, I've just spent $34 opening million dollars building yeah. this thing. And yeah. you want to go and blow it up? Just because we're going to film blowing up a shark? Don't think so. Oh, for those, I mean, first of all, Calvin's watching it through the most grainiest black and white 
CCTV can ever see, how you can even pick up anybody's <laughs> expressions or anything like that, or even the fact that he's holding a grenade. He might as well be holding a, a tree stump. Nobody, no, you can't make it out. But the the, the Karen look that Bess Armstrong goes when she, when Calvin goes, no grenades, and then she she does this Karen thing where she goes, yeah, I was right. Oh, that annoys me so much, that look. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, okay, you got your own way, but you're never going to, there were never going to be grenades in there. It's fine. Um, again, th- with the 3D throughout this, you get um, things that pop out, things that get shot at you, the syringe, where they take the oh, syringe. Oh, yeah, the squirting thing. What was the reason? There was no reason for that. They take <laughs> take it into the vial, into the syringe, and then just check, and they squirt at you. It looked very good in 3D. <laughs> There's no need for it whatsoever. Um, again, you have that, uh, that you have the underwater scene. Uh, she's wearing a chainmail suit. She gets attacked. Mike does his thing, gun jams. And of course, that's one of the famous 3D shots. I want to ask, right? Go on. I was going to say, there's just a famous 3D shot of him firing the gun and the harpoon come towards you in the cinema. Everyone went like that. <laughs> it was great. Look, right. Great okay. If they know that there's supposedly a shot that's wait a minute he's gonna start applying logic are we because this is where it might fall fall (laughs) down no 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 no, no. when we watched jaws the original movie yes and richard dreyfus's character brings on the shark uh, metal cage yes why did they not use a metal cage and harpoon the shark so they were protected but harpoon because they had to film it Well, it probably would look worse with the the cage. I would I, I would be guessing. I'm just thinking about that on the hoof. So they're not bothered about their safety and the fact that the head trainer is in the in the water. But she's wearing a chainmail suit. But oh, I don't understand oh, that's, why. That's everything she, then, isn't it? No, but she is. But nobody else is. So they're actually hoping that the shark goes for her. It just because if it goes for any of the others, nobody's look. Nobody's looking everywhere. They just this. haven't really done their risk assessments. Have There's they? only three of them in the pool. Oh, sorry, three of them in the lagoon. So nobody's looking behind, you know, Jack and <laughs> um, Philip Fitzroy. Nobody's looking that that way. I mean, it's a it's a, it's a nice, you know, there are moments in this that genuinely are the shark crashes and grabs a tank and stuff like that. And you're thinking, oh, okay, this is this is all right, I suppose. But then you get a Jack moment when he comes out and he goes, oh, it's all right. I'll carry the stuff. Don't ignore the bleeding help. And it's, you know, it's just it's just a caricature of that. So they eventually catch the shark, don't they? But I don't understand all that sensor tech that they must have in the lagoon. All of the the the, the monitoring, all those whistles and bells, and as I, I think they say in space balls, what does this machine do? It just flashes and it just... Just, I think it was our airplane too. Oh, in the control centre. It just buzzes and flashes. What does it do? I don't know. Just, But it does buzz and flash. All right, okay. That's, that's good. Um, nobody can A, detect a 10-foot shark. Nobody can detect a 35-foot shark, which, which we'll get to. I mean, this is where it gets, if it hasn't already, and it sounds like it hit your implausibility meter quite early on, but... You know, they kill they kill the shark. No, sorry, they tranquilize the shark. They move the shark and bring they it. And it, it brings like, it back to life like in, in nursery, a smallest, yeah, small. The nursery really, tanks, yeah, and it's it's kind of like there. 
isn't it? But yeah. still, like, sedated. And, like, they're both standing, like, in, in waist pool. high in water. Yeah. And they've got a pipe in its mouth. And like, it's like, have you ever Supposedly seen... kind of, like, blowing in, like, the, the oxygen and stuff to, to kind of rush it through the gills so it can still technically mm. breathe. But is that real? Is that what people would actually do? Because I thought... I don't, think anybody's nursed a, I don't think anybody's nursed They're going to get the legs, like, bitten off, aren't they? Or arm bitten off if you're a deep blue sea fan um by the way so yeah deep blue sea uh stellar stars guard gets too close to the shark while it's been sedated and then it wakes up and it bites his arm off it's a great film deep blue sea they actually killed the sharks in the same way that they were in one two jules one two and three. Oh, there's so many homages to that film that they obviously go look we know that we're a bit player in this it's still better than Jaws 3. So it's it's all a bit yeah. surreal. That was the bit that I have found a bit kind of like, I think sh- surely that that can't be real. That's how that there's a shark back to. Absolutely. But it, but it does come back to life. Well, it does because they get out the, the nursery Mike, pool. Mike comes in at some point. Everyone's but surely like, that's not enough water. Well, I don't know, but it's a party in the tank. Everyone's invited to the party except the shark. It feels like Weekend at Bernie's. It's like the sharks. <laughs> sharks you know dead and everyone else is having a party around him um oh maybe weekend at bernie's too that means you will have to watch weekend at bernie's one if we did sequels that you haven't seen but anyway oh, okay. yeah. anyway um, so calvin water, can makes... i just say that the water ski the water ski shot when the park opens in 3d is is brilliant and and it does get noted by reviewers that the waters i was about to say the water sport shots but they are the, the water sport, <laughs> the water activities are filmed very well and they are yeah. That shot of, of Philip Fitzroy's filming them is a great shot. I, it's just a wonderful shot in this film. So I've got, I've got to give the director right. that one. But yeah. So yeah, what happens to the shark then? So Calvin announces that they've got this great white in, white in captivity. It's the first one ever in captivity. And to go and see it in this particular tank. But it's not actually a tank, is it? It's like a, a another pool that's like waist high. It's like what you it's see smaller, at the aquarium. It looks smaller it? than the tank that it's in. Yeah, and like, uh, and, they... and and you, and the kids can put their hands. Yeah, in, there's in, no protection. The... <laughs> so it'd be like, oh, can I stroke the shark when it comes past? It's a great yeah. white, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, it's probably if it does wake up, which again <clears throat> we know that it doesn't because it dies. Wait, yeah, it pops its clogs. It turns I was thought down. it was because it was the wrong. T- when I was watching it, I genuinely thought because it was the wrong type of water. Or, or something. I just didn't understand why the shark just suddenly died when it was alive. I don't know. But again, what the reviewers that do like this said, um, I think there's a there's a um a famous quote. I think I, I think I did have it. Um uh but when they talk about the child crying, um uh and saying how effective that is because you hear the child crying off camera, you don't see the child crying. Um, but the moment when an infant's cry is heard when the baby shark dies in the pool is particularly praised by one reviewer. Um, Jet Magazine said the child crying was the only cast member to survive the generally negative reviews. <laughs> I was like, oh dear, when you're talking about somebody off camera, this, that's not good. Um, but yeah, so we moved to that and now we're in the third act. So now we're in the bit when Mike Brody actually comes into life, you know, actually takes center stage on this. 
Um, they find Overman's body because the park opens. They go into the undersea tunnels. Um, the girl sees that they quite, you know, um, uh, eaten, you know, bloody body of, uh, of Overman. And somebody pushes her. <laughs> And it pushes her, so her face is next to his in, in the tank. And she's just screaming. That's a lousy shot. That's just that's just there for just cheap cheap tricks. And what I say was that, that like in three D. What him coming out of the thing, him coming up. That was good. It was good because you generally be going. At some point, we're going to have to see where this guy went. You know, where whether he's part of it. How are we going to find it? There's no big big reveal they they expected it to be like a big reveal like the one in jaws um where the head comes out the boat it's it's not the the two don't compare one's one's genius the other one's it's what it is but i like how when they get the corpse beth is now suddenly not a marine biologist beth aren't catherine Hmm. she's not a marine bio she's not a marine biologist she's now a pathologist (laughs) she knows exactly what to do it's a bit like matt hooper in original jaws he examines the body but he's a marine biologist, so it's a bit okay. I suppose he could should know about bite bite radius. So she's the weird she, thing is though, isn't it? When when they take the cover off first of the body that's on yeah. the table, and there's the obligatory sea creatures crawling out the yeah, mouth, which they wouldn't have brought in, would they? <laughs> the eye socket, everything. Yeah. You're like, that's, yeah, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Um. But while they're making their way down to tell Calvin, there's a problem with one of the filtration pumps. Oh. <laughs> um, I do like the I do like that undersea because Calvin takes the call on the bar and he goes, "Well, it's easy. Just shut down pump two and switch over to pump one. Like, like it's easy." In that shot, go back and watch it if you, if you're that way inclined. There's a guy sitting on his own, drinking on his own at that bar, and that's always bothered me. Because we're opening up the undersea kingdom. We're opening up this brainchild of this, you know, I'm going to get down there. I'm going to take the family. I'm going to take my mates. We're all going to go down there. We're all going to have a great time. We're going to see the water skiers. We're going to have lunch in the thing. We're going to have a drink there. We're going to sit there. Right. This guy obviously got up and went, yeah, I'm going to go to the opening of the theme park. I'm going to go down into the restaurant. I'm just going to sit at the bar and drink on my own. What a sad life for that for that man. But yeah, when you go back and watch it, he sat there and he, he doesn't look very happy either. It was like, there's better places to drink, mate. You probably paid like, well, eight five price or eight three prices, probably about twenty dollars to get in here. It's a lot of money. Anyway, so guess what? The sharks in the filtration pump. Mama shark is in the yeah, filtration the pump. The word's got out, hasn't it? That, yeah. Um, Actually, you know, you know the shark that was uh, <laughs> attacking people. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't that got the one. right one, have yeah, we? We haven't got the right one. I mean, best of you know when she's doing the autopsy, she goes, she holds her hands up and goes, "Oh my god!" Like that, as in, like this is a bigger shark than the one that we actually just yeah. caught and, and ended up killing. So it's mum. They're looking for mum shark. So I need to ask you a question. Well, I need to ask you two questions at this point. <laughs> yeah. One, how long has sh- how long has Mama Shark been in there? And two, how is nobody, including the control room and all the sensor tech and everything else going on, <laughs> not notice a thirty-five foot shark? Oh, I do have a follow-up question. How did it get in? 
because the 35 foot shark wouldn't have got in through those gates. Well, the gates weren't fixed straight away, though, were they? No, but the shark that. So the, you're saying the shark that came in right at the start Mm-mm. was the mama shark. Uh, and then they say she gave birth inside the park. This is where it all starts unraveling very, very fast and very badly. Because I think that's basically- not a new shark. No, I think what happened was um, the shark. Hang on. The shark that killed the first guy that went to padlock the gate. Yes. Because he obviously didn't padlock it, did he? Yeah. I don't know why you padlock a gate that needs to open, motorised gate, but, you know, let's not go into that. There we go. Yeah. Um, Was he killed by the baby shark or was he killed by the mum shark? Well, the mum shark was already in. So do you assume that the shark that went in was the mama shark and then hid in the filtration pipe in the pump and mm. gave birth in the filtration pump and the shark that they they encounter and tranquilize and then end up killing is she's she's just in the filtration. She's in the oh, hang on. come out of the filtration pump. Right, so Wikipedia's plot line is saying, later Overman's corpse is discovered. Reviewing the body, Kay realises that the shark that killed him is the first shark's 11-metre-long mother, 35-foot-long mother, and that it must also be inside the park. So That's not true, because she says, she she goes, we found found Overman's body, and the bite radius is bigger than the shark that we caught. Yes, so it's the... So the first guy to get bitten was actually the mum shark. Yes. So she was in. She was in at that point. Right. So the mum shark killed the coral people, the coral divers, must have done, and killed Overman. So the shark that was in that they caught never did anything, apart from crash badly into a galleon. Potentially, yeah. 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 It's just, it's just, so you've got this, you've got this issue. I was new at a young age. Sharks need to keep moving because they take the air in through the gills. They yes. need to keep moving. Whereas you've got this static 35 foot shark in a filtration pump. How did it get in there? Ah, I but is, is the filtration actually blowing um, where it's gone in? Is it actually sending water out, which would mean that logic fits because so what does the shark just stay in there and go oh this is lovely i get yeah, all the, I I get all the air, air comes great, to me yeah. it's like uh... it's just weird that the, sh- the, the shark's hiding out in the pump yeah it, do- it doesn't make sense oh, and I, anyway. can sharks swim backwards uh no they can't well how does it get out the pipe then you're again you're applying logic to a film where where we've got undersea glass that's about to smash but we, we will get to that <laughs> Um, so there is a theater. So because they shut it down, the shark gets free. And this is where you start to see, because Calvin again has to explain it. And Philip Fitzroy goes, this is great. How do you get all these tiny sharks and fish to stay in the one area? Oh, we've got this, these bubbles. Um, they don't like it. So they stay in and they don't go through the bubbles. Mama shark is loose. Mama shark doesn't care about the bubbles because it's too big. And that's where you see it. And I kind of like, the bit where you find you see the shark 
I like the I like the reaction from the people inside. Mm. Uh, again, it cuts to the most wooden shark that you that you've ever seen. Um, with a huge, you know, I mean, it just looks bad, but it's a nice it's a nice reveal. And suddenly you go right, okay, well we're on now because this thing is loose. It, they tried to you tried to suffocate it. You will try again to suffocate it. Bizarrely, um, like a shark wouldn't know, but there is a theory going around because of the preposterous um premise of jewels and revenge that what they wanted for this film is they they also wanted the shark that was at the shark the shark from jewels 2 to be the shark in jewels 3 um and i don't want to spoil it for you too much but it's just they wanted they wanted that to happen and and it can't happen because you know for for many reasons. But when the shark gets loose, because Jaws Four is called Jaws the Revenge, and the shark is <laughs> targeting the Brody family, um, there's a theory that the shark, this shark, is related to the other sharks, and somehow they have this communication thing going on. Because when the shark gets loose, who's the first person it goes for? Wait, was the guy mending the doors? No, no. When it when it gets loose, and in the in the in the final in the final act in the third act, who's who's the first? Who's the first person that that goes for? It goes for Sean. Out of all the people that could attack, I can again. You have this big reveal with the big fin and everyone's screaming and getting everybody in and the water skiers and stuff like this. But who did it actually go for? It goes for this tiny little boat, this like round little dinghy boat that him and Leah Thompson are in and tips it over and they both fall in. The intention was that the shark was going specifically for Sean. So there's a lot of people that think that this is a related shark. It's a theory. Nothing more than a theory, but again, Leah Thompson doesn't get eaten; she just gets very badly injured. Yeah, she's not, it doesn't even like take a chunk yes. out of her leg. It doesn't; it just yeah. cuts it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It just great grazes. Shark it. attack would actually get some of you and rip it off, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Not not a, not like if someone's done that with a knife down your leg. Because that's yeah, what it looked like. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We've got, but we've got these people in the the underwater tunnels, and this is where they even left some of the green screens in. They couldn't be bothered to fill in some of the, the back things. If you go back and look in, they've just left some green screen in because they they maybe just run out of money or time or whatever else to just do it. It looks awful. But while they're in the tunnel, the kid goes, "Oh, look at the big fish, mummy!" All this. Right, which you think the kid can see. Cuts to another shot. The shark's about like half a mile away. And you're thinking nobody can see that <laughs> because, you know, it's miles away. It's in the distance. It comes, it knocks the tunnel, depressurizes it, lets the water in. They're trapped in this underwater sealed, sealed place. And it's just like, and meanwhile, up there, if you just saw it on the trailer, people falling through jetties, seemingly balsa wood, made out of balsa wood rather than actual wood. <laughs> Because this thing folds like a pack of cards, the whole the whole area has just seen this shark's fin, and it's huge. And the people that were around in the boats area would have seen the shark attack. The people there were loads of people when she was being dragged out. 
So this makes this next scene absolutely preposterous. The spokesman comes out at night and then goes, so suddenly it turns to night and goes, just want to let you know, we've had a minor incident and involving some, you know, structural damage and stuff like this. I'm like, dude, everyone's just seen the shark, right? Everyone knows that you've still got a shark problem in the lagoon at the moment, right? And it's almost like, you know, police squad, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. Or indeed, Mayor Vaughan going, we have in fact caught, captured and killed a large predator, but it's a beautiful day. You can see everyone's having fun. And, you know, and you've got that sort of, and I kind of thought, yeah, maybe that's a, like a nod, a tip to a homage, but yeah. Um, so Philip Fitzroy goes, you know what, let's kill this thing. Um, let's get it back into the filtration pipe and suffocate it. Like that worked. <laughs> so so they go, oh, okay, we can go in there. Well, how are you going to get him in there? Philip Fitzroy's famous line, live bait. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they do, both of them, him and Jack, P.H. Moriarty, both go into the, the tank and lure the shark back in. One thing I didn't know, how did Jack go above the shark? I don't know. To lock it in. I don't know. And suddenly he's like locking him in. Philip Fitzroyce has, has, has tied this rope. It comes free. And but where does the rope go? And how did they get the rope there in the first place? Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, well, exactly, yeah. But the reason why they're doing this is because they can not only kill the shark, but Mike can go out and film and, and repair the tunnels. Yeah. So that we can get the people out. Yeah. Um, Philip Bruce-Royce is swallowed whole by the shark. He's crushed. But you see inside his mouth and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like... You see it from the mouth's perspective, looking the, in the gut's perspective, looking out, out of the mouth. I, I thought that was quite a good shot. It's, it's not, it's, it's just different. You know, there's so many different ways you could have filmed that. And I went, yeah, all right, okay, that's not too bad. But his dying thing is he tries to get the grenade, but sat, oh, no. It's it, he's clutched in his hand and the shark hasn't swallowed him properly because he's still in his throat, which if you're a shark, you must go, let me clear my throat. You must have to like eat, eat him. I mean, why would you keep him in your throat? It'd be like, oh, oh. yeah. So anyway, and, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't eat it whole. Yeah, absolutely. Would you? Um, and, and backwards. <laughs> Because yeah. he's gone feet in feet first. So sure if he's gone in feet first, yeah, he's, he's gonna try and swim away and the shark's gonna do that, isn't it? Uh, uh, well, yeah. And you've got Philip Fitzroyce, which who knows how to kill sharks, and what's he end up doing? Takes his mask off and hits hitting the top of his head with a mask. <laughs> and I'm like that's gonna work. No, oh, dear me. Dear me. Anyway, thankfully, we're nearly at the end before we get to trivia time. Oh, and oh. Right. Ooh, look at you sparkling why, yeah. why do they suddenly introduce a sound effect that makes it sound like the shark is roaring? Ah, well. What's that about? Okay, the shark roars a lot more in Jaws of Revenge. Oh, my God. It, 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 there's a roaring story to, this, to that, which I'll leave for when we do that. <laughs> if, if we do that. Um, Yes. Uh, um, 
Mike's out there doing all this undersea welding. Bess Armstrong goes, is in the control room and goes, gets her diving stuff on. And Calvin's, what are you doing? He goes, oh, he, he needs eyes in the back of his head because he can't see anything. No, they've locked the shark in. But the shark gets loose by using its fin and bending the steel pin, which then opens up the gate and the shark backs out. Do, do, yep. backs do, out. Oh, let me swim yeah, the back reversing then. lights, you know, you might as well have the reversing of the shark coming out. 35 backwards. foot. That's yeah. a long, long way, isn't it? To, it is, to yeah. Back out of something. Yeah. Because yeah, the tunnel's well, longer than him. Again. At her, isn't it? Yes. Again, it can't happen. But when you look at the tunnel, that shark moves pedestrian. Yeah, it's very Could have easily just gone straight to Philip Fitzroy's, put him in his mouth, bit him into, and gone, great. I'll turn around, which it looked like it had plenty of room to turn around, but it doesn't. It just backs out because, obviously, the film. But, yeah. So she goes and says, I'll be the eyes in the back of his head. She does a really lousy job because she only sees the shark when it's about 10 feet away. Mm. Right, and then goes, oh, that taps Mike on the shoulder. We really need to get away. We need to get back now. Um, she's a lousy job as a, as a lookout. It was it was really bad. They get into the, the, the bit where they get into the control room. And this is where I don't understand it. The shark's side of its mouth and a tooth gets jammed in the door while it's trying to eat them. And mm. I went, well, now the proportions are off because it looks like a very small shark rather than a big shark but i don't think anyone was bothered at this point they just went to finish the film <laughs> so they get up there they they look and the shark is coming towards the glass partition the, the glass the control center the control center the glass so talk to me about this in 2d i don't, I don't I'll talk to you in 2d i'll talk to you I about don't it in 3D. all i just so thought was Shark Waz. Attacks Control Center, very rubbish graphics. Yes. <laughs> so if you had that, if that was real, that shark. So again, I'm just going to reference Deep Blue Sea here. There's there's a, a way that the clever sharks in Deep, they're supposed to be clever sharks, by the way. I'm not just making that up. There's this clever way that they'd actually break the probably two foot glass that it need to be because they're pressurized. Hmm there's a clever way that they managed to do that. And it's not instant. It's bit by bit. It's very clever here. It takes the snout of the shark <laughs> to press gently moving at presumably two miles an hour to break, to, to suddenly break this glass in 2d. It looks awful and on TV. It just looks like it probably is the worst special effect ever put on. Because it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Actually, second worst. There's one at the end, which is even worse. But anyway, um, on, in 3D, it looks slightly better, like I remember it. But again, I was watching it back in '83 and just thought this is the All best right. thing in the world. It's great. Um, his his nephew gets eaten at this point. Um, by the way, sharks don't chew. They don't. They don't chew a person. They, they, if they can't eat it whole, they, they, they sever everything until it's managed into manageable chunks. But anyway, that's just a thing. Um, they, how did they kill the shark, sweetheart? Go for it. Right. Okay. So <laughs> I, I need to point this out. Okay. okay. So it's, it's, it's 
there's a reason, right? right. So they the shark attacks the control center. Yes. I don't know if you remember this, but the shark actually eats one of the unknown actors in the control. That's room. what I said. You're just eating the nephew. Yeah. Oh, it's the ne- oh right, okay. So it eats that person. Yeah. Then they managed to oh, see. Yes, yeah. I see where you're going with this. Okay. The guy with the grenade still in the mouth. Uh of the do shark. You know what? I've watched this so many times. I've but never that thought have of that. Happened. That's perfect. Because he's eaten another guy. Absolutely. The other guy's pushed Philip Fitzroyce down as well. <laughs> Unless the guy, the, 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 the black guy that he kills, grab <laughs> grabs it from him. And oh no. That's great. Do you know I've watched that so many times I've never noticed that. So I was like that makes sense. That makes well, again, it already makes a, a final act that makes zero sense. Yeah, so they see the, I've put it here. They see the brick guy with the grenade in mouth. Apart yeah. from the fact Shark has just eaten some unknown actor in the control room. <laughs> <laughs> they managed to to poke a metal rod. So this is, you know, bend, he, he bends underwater throughout all of this. Yeah. He bends a metal rod. While yep. the shark is, so they've got they've got enough time, you know, and it, I bet it's a bit like hooker duck. You don't quite. It, it is, but get you it just, it just made me think of something you? else. Now, the yeah. shark actually comes into the control room and eats the guy. Yeah, but the shot is from the shark's head, just coming in with most of the body out of the control room. So it's either swimming, swimming around, eating whoever he finds, or he's got oh. a mate. Oh. So yeah, they, they managed to three, fashion a, three. There's three sharks potentially. Yeah. <laughs> they managed to fashion some kind of hooker duck contraption. Hmm. Managed to poke it in. Mm, oh, there you go. Got it. Pull the pin. So if they're pulling the pin, they're right next to the shark. What's going to happen? Everyone's going to go up. Like everyone's going to blow up. Chinese New Year, like like a fireworks show. Mm. Boom! The whole thing goes. No, because what- the dolphins come along. Uh, no, because I think you're. You said that you said the dolphins were trying to coax it back out. No. I'm sure the dolphins come along and get them. No, 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 no. The dolphins, the dolphins. When when that thing is pulled, he's in his his head is in the control room. When he blows up, he's about <laughs> forty feet out of the in in the lagoon. Again. I know it swims backwards. I know it's a fan of swimming backwards, but you can't do it that quick. <laughs> and then you probably got one of the worst. Do you think you think I'm going to say this is the worst special effect? It, it isn't in the film. I'm still going to reserve it. But when the shark blows up, that's gen. It looked it, it looked great in the cinema, and it did look pretty good in 3D. Despite the fact that um, when we get to trivia time, I'll tell you a, uh, I'll tell you a little story about that, uh, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, but yeah, the sharks gets blown up. The teeth come out and 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 linger for a bit. Again, that's just for the three D. Just for three D audience. Done. Uh, Bess and uh, Dennis Quaid make it up to the thing and start tapping the water. So you know, Cindy comes along. They can't find Sandy. They're worried about Sandy. Sandy comes out. Everyone's happy. It does a, a somersault thing. in the air, doesn't it? However. I think they must have run out of money because the final shot is the two of them in the lagoon 
and the dolphins come out. I'm sorry for those people at home, but it's at the either side of the film. The dolphins come out and the the shot stops. So you're just like, oh, like that. Those those two are cardboard dolphins. Are they? Yes. When you go back and look at it again, they're cut. They're, they're cardboard dolphins, as if somebody just put them into the shot. Oh my god! Um, two reasons, probably because they couldn't get the dolphins to do that to get the shot. Uh, second of all, just no more. There's no more money left. <laughs> if you can just get one of the Amazon packages and cut it out and just stick a face on it, it's dreadful. It's it's the worst effect in 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 a film full of uh, bad effects. I still think it's a seven. And I still have to do trivia time. But let's have a little bit of trivia time and then we can, yeah? Well, I have got to put tea on. All right, okay. Well, let's, let's get to let's through trivia time because I think this Got is then. pretty good. Here we go. Here's trivia time. Trivia time. According to the book, Roy Scheider, who was in one and two, Chief Brody, um, he was asked to appear in this film. <laughs> and he said, Mistopheles couldn't talk me into doing it. They knew better than to even ask even though they did want him. Reportedly, Scheider agreed to make Blue Thunder, which we covered on this podcast, in order to make sure he was definitely contractually unavailable to do this film. Oh. So he did Blue Thunder. And now, I, I genuinely think he's, um, well, it's on record, he's incredible in Blue Thunder. I think Blue Thunder is a good, I think Blue Thunder is a good film. It's um, not that good. But, Scheider had originally made Jaws 2 reluctantly due to a contract issue with Universal Pictures, whereby he owed the studio two films after we drew out the deer hunter. It was supposed to be in the deer hunter. Mm. Like he was supposed to play Christopher Walken's part. To get out of the situation, he opted to do Jaws 2 in 1978, a movie in which he didn't want to work on it. And the studio went, if you work on that, we'll release you. You don't have to do two more, just this one, because we really need you to do Jaws, Jaws 2. So, yeah, he was asked... He was considered for this film. I, I, I wouldn't put your, I, would, I wouldn't put his good name to this. You know, there's nobody. You know, in Jaws of Revenge, Ellen Brody, Lorraine Gary comes back, so she's back. So it's almost like this film didn't happen, really, in in the grand scheme of things, because it, you know, the the people that are playing Mike and Sean are younger than the people that are playing them in Jaws 3. So, anyway. Um, so, the filmmakers initially wanted a few pop, very few pop-out effects, but the execs pressured them to include them, worried the audience would leave disappointed and spread bad word of mouth if the 3D was just used mainly for depth. Now, at this point, I have to point out that two weeks ago, we went to see Jaws in 3D. Hmm. That was very good. It doesn't, it, Jaws doesn't have, apart from the head scene, it doesn't have, it wasn't made to be pop, poppy outy and look at this and yeah. pointy pointy and, and all this. It's not, not made to be that. But the 3D on that worked and it worked really well, I thought. And so maybe if they'd had a bit more bravado and gone, look, let's not have the, the eel popping out and let's not have the serpent at the front of the undersea kingdom and the, the octopus that grabs the, grabs the girl. That, that's weird. And then the tentacle that just stays like that in the middle of the, you're like, why are you doing this? Um, anyway, the film made $13.5 million in its first weekend. Not too shabby. Mm. Uh, it held the record for the highest grossing opening for 3D film until Spice Kids 3 Game Over in 2003, 
made $33 million. Um, nice story. The female dolphin, Sandy, in the movie is really a male dolphin called Capricorn. Uh, he lives in Discovery Cove, which is owned by SeaWorld Orlando, and has interactions with guests like giving rides and so on. Capricorn is 50 years old. Now? Yeah. Still alive. Oh. Yeah, Capricorn. Uh, it's the only Jaws movie which doesn't feature any scenes set on Amity or anything in Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. They do go back there for Jaws and Revenge. Maybe the only the only thing that's any good. Um uh, uh the Brody brothers appear in all uh in all four Jaws films, they're the only ones that are consistent. Um unlike the previous two or subsequent Jaws films, the Shark and Jaws 3 only surfaces once throughout the entire film surfaces excluding shots of the shark's fin the only time it breaches the water when it attacks kelly in the in the dinghy boat that's it and you're like so no wonder when you said at the start i would have liked a bit more shark with my shark film you know a bit because, more terror. Yeah. yeah a little bit but maybe you should have had the uh, chainsaw with him <laughs> uh and then the last two um was uh in one of the remade shots, when the shark explodes, some of the entrails that fly out the screen in 3D, some of the entrails, one of them is a brown leather E.T. doll. I've never gone and had a look at that, Random. but apparently that just chucked in there because maybe, I don't know how how much this right ran out of money. Lastly, and then the last bit, the UK cinema version was cut by seven seconds by the BBFC to edit close-up scenes of Overman's mutilated body and to remove a shot of the sea worm emerging from his mouth. So when you're talking about on the table, mm. the cuts were restored in the video version and the certificate upgraded to a 15. Yeah. Um, two-dimensional VHS, laser disc and TV versions use an alternate opening credit entitling the movie Jaws 3 rather than Jaws 3D. Mm. Um, late, later, two disc releases including the newly released Blu- Blu-ray, were mastered straight from a 3D print and used the original Jules 3D title. For the UK premiere, on uh, here we go, on ITV in <laughs> January 1987. I should have should have mentioned that at the start. All shots of Overman's body were, were completely removed. So oh. now you cut out the fact that he's been found. When the corpse first appears in the window of the underwater tunnel, it cuts away before it's seen. The subsequent shot of the girl pressed against the window is removed. In the following scene, when they're examining the corpse on the table, Mike Brody removes the sheet and it quickly cuts to the next scene. But that you don't see Beth going, yeah, about how big the, the mouth is. Yeah. <laughs> she does tell Calvin when she gets to him, she's like a mouth this big, and Philip Schwartz goes, Don't be stupid. That would be a shark of around 30 feet. You know, um, like that couldn't happen. This version is different to the cut. BBFC PG certificate cinema release as in that version, all shops are simply reduced in, in this one. So this, the one that I saw, the corpse was there. Then they took it out. So in, in its 1988 broadcasting on CBS, the film removes the profanity along with some of the shark violence. In addition, the shark's teeth at the end were edited out. And then lastly, released in Japan, in proper 3D on the short-lived VHD format. This this release has been widely released 
Bradley copied to make bootleg 3D tapes and G- DVDs. So that's where my comes from is the Japanese VHD format. Oh. There you have it. So, and I, I, I did think I had to, we would have to start this with an apology that I'd, that I'd made you watch this, but it sounds as if you had a little bit of fun. A little bit of fun. <laughs> I had, I had, uh, I, yeah, it was fun to watch. It wasn't scary. Okay. No. Um, it was fun in the sense of because the effects were so bad. Really, it was yeah. comical. Um, that and and the whole kind of decision making of of the guy that owned the park was just yeah of detriment yeah. to the whole thing. Really, yeah, absolutely. But you know, it, it is what it is. It's a product of what it is, and it is what it is. And mm. just go along for the ride. And and I'm sure that you'd be like me if we were flicking the TV and it came over to a particularly laughable scene. We'd just watch it and then probably laugh together. But I genuinely have a a, a soft spot for this film because was there any financial input from SeaWorld into the film? Because if if it the reason I ask is because if the film was to bomb, it would tarnish the SeaWorld name somewhat, would it? There is a, I mean, that's a good question. And it's one of those things that I, I don't know the answer. I, I would think if you were SeaWorld, you'd be happy for somebody to to use it and obviously them to, to fund this. The, the, the film ended up making a grand total of $90 million in total, which is okay. I suppose backers didn't lose their, their money or, or whatever, but it seems odd that SeaWorld, yeah, let's use this shark terrorizes SeaWorld. Oh, is there any chance we can use SeaWorld? It, it, it just seemed like an odd decision. So there must have been some financial input mm. the other way rather than SeaWorld paying then. I, I don't I don't know. That's a good question. And if I know the answer, I'll tell you on the on the next podcast. And it was really sad because you saw like at the start of the film as well, the, the dolphins that were swimming around, all their fins were like killed yeah. over. Yeah. That's not good, is it? It's not good, no. Anyway, um, there we go. Season season six is back. And the next film, we've already decided the next film. We're doing the first three ourselves, and then the other the rest of the gang are coming in um, at that point. I think you decided what the next film was going to be, and it is going to be. Oh, is that Beverly Hills Cop 2? That's the one. That's the Ooh. one we're doing. We're leaving Lethal Weapon 2 because I know Dom desperately wanted to come in on that one. So, Dom, <laughs> that's why we're leaving that for you, mate. We, we, when we do that, we're going to have a great time because that is a great film. But, um, yeah, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Mm. Is it, I think I've already already said whether or not I thought it's better than one. But, anyway, we will get to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that again. So, yeah, there, there we go. It's a wrap. Lovely to have you back, sweetheart. Thank you. Um, Thank you for having will- me. I will see you in about 30 seconds time when I uh, send off the recording for, for ready for editing. Yeah. Do you want a cup of tea? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. That'd be lovely. Right, Thanks. Pop, pop the kettle on pop uh, the kettle and I'll on. start the tea as well. All right. All right. All right. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Love that. Bye. Anyway, uh, I'm going to say cheerio. And the toodle pip. Bye.